0: We are going to the field of Mozambique to do church planting and also start a Bible college there. Um, Before we get into the message, we're going to have Abby's going to come and she's going to share her testimony with the church this morning.
1: Good morning. I grew up in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor and then later became a Bible camp director. So growing up, I had a lot of opportunity to uh, work there at the camp in the ministry and then be involved in our local church. Um, I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was four years old, understanding that I was a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. But most of my early childhood, I really struggled with eternal security there was always that fear that maybe I could lose my salvation because of something wrong that I did. Or wondering if I prayed the salvation prayer just right. And I remember at one point in time, I was asking God to save me every night, just in case. Um, So that was a real struggle for me. But I remember one day when I was 11, when I finally clearly understood what faith meant. And it was me asking myself, at this moment, what am I depending on for my salvation? And the answer was, I'm not depending on anything that I can do or any words that I can pray, but I'm depending completely on Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for me. And it was that day that my salvation became real to me. It was that same year when I was 11 at Bible camp, um, through the speaking of a missionary speaker, I felt the need to dedicate my life to the Lord. And so I did that, at least most of it. I told God, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do with my life. But then I kind of whispered so he wouldn't hear me as long as it's not missions. (laughs) um, The idea of missions scared me. I knew it meant leaving home, leaving my family, leaving everything that I was used to. And I didn't want to surrender that. Um, But thankfully, God is patient, and he worked in my heart over several years. And it was finally when I was 18, it was my freshman year at Faith Baptist Bible College, that I was able to surrender that area of my life to the Lord also. Um, It was that summer I was able to take a two-month missions trip to Japan, and I enjoyed it, and I felt at peace with that surrender, um, thinking that if God wanted me to do that, I would be willing and happy to serve that way. Um, So I graduated from faith four years later, and I didn't see an opening into full-time ministry or into missions, so I pursued a different interest. I got my two-year degree in interior design, and I loved it. I thought, yep, this is what God wants me to do with my life. So I started uh, planning on pursuing more education in that field and pursuing that career, and I was really excited about it, but God worked in my heart, and He caused me to ask myself, if I pursue this career, am I going to give him 100% of my life? And personally, I felt the answer was no. Um, I think that one of the main reasons God has us here on earth is to fulfill the Great Commission, to share the gospel. And I felt that if I pursued that career, I would get comfortable and lose focus of that. Um, So this time, I started praying for God to open an opportunity for me to go into missions. And he brought Junior and I together, and we're really excited to serve in Mozambique. So, thanks. Wow. Wow,
0: so if you weren't here this morning, uh, we talked some about Mozambique. Um, I am originally from Jamaica. I came here in 2009. I got saved through the ministry of a missionary couple who came to Jamaica and started a church in my community. And uh, one Sunday afternoon, uh, she gave an invitation. And I trusted Christ for, as my Lord and Savior, and I got baptized about three years afterwards. I went to Bible College in Jamaica with the intention of being a pastor in Jamaica. It was towards the ending of my time at Bible College in Jamaica that we had a missionary who came from Africa, and his message was that, at, throughout the week, his message was that there's a great need for missionaries in Africa. And I had no desire of being a missionary either. And so I prayed and said, Lord, you know, if you can use me on the mission field, I am willing to go. That was my prayer. And ever since that week, the Lord has burdened my heart for missions in Africa. And so I came here in 2009 for Bible College at Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. And I completed my bachelor degree there. And I went to seminary, did an MA and an MDF degree. And so I went to Mozambique in 2011. This was my first time being in Africa, and I got there, and about an hour after being in Mozambique, I went just by myself to take it in what was happening in my life. And so as I was looking around, for the very first time in my life I've ever been depressed, um, it was right that moment. And the reason for this was because the, re- the reality of mission became real. And mission, what mission was, was that I was leaving my family, I was leaving my culture, I was leaving my food, I was leaving everything I was comfortable with um, to... Um, being in a foreign country and I remember that day I said Lord you know this is not for me um, I, I don't think I want to be here anymore but that very night I went to church and I heard the believers at church that Saturday night and they were singing the same songs that we're singing here and they were excited about the same God that we're excited about here and they were worshiping that God with passion Amen and it was that night the Lord used that church, those individuals in my life, to remind me that he's everywhere and he has people everywhere and that there are people all over the world that need Jesus Christ. And that night he said, Lord, if it is your will that I come back to Mozambique, I'm willing to go. And it was that, that the Lord used that trip to confirm in my heart that Mozambique is where he wants me to be. And so I served my life to serve him in Mozambique and Abby and I, we are preparing to go back and to be involved in the church plant there and to be involved in a Bible... College. We want to start a Bible college there to train locals so that we can start other ministries in Mozambique. And so we are praying and asking God as well for individuals that he is working in their hearts for missions. I will say the same thing, the same message that I heard from this missionary is that there is a great need for missionaries today. There is a great need for missionaries, not just overseas, by the way. But there is a great need for mission-minded people right here in Hermantown, Minnesota. People who are willing to share the gospel with their neighbors. This morning we're going to be talking about following Jesus. Following Jesus and what that looks like. Now, if you are like me, following someone when you're driving is not the most fun thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I have had many experiences trying to keep up with, with someone when I'm driving. And it's not the most fun thing to do because, one, it could be that the person's a very fast driver and, you know, you don't want to drive too fast. Or it could be that the person, whenever you, someone is following you, oftentimes you forget that there's someone behind you, and so you just drive your, your, your normal way. And so I remember one night when, after I just got my license in the U.S., I was the youth pastor at my church in, in, Des Mo- in Des Moines and we were having a youth overnighter. And so what this entails was that throughout the night, the whole night we were going to spend um, we were going to be traveling right across Des Moines going to different locations doing different things. And so I was in charge of the program, but I did not know the places that we were going. And so there was one lady that I was going to be following, and she was going to be taking me to different locations. Back then, I don't know why, but I didn't have my cell phone with me. And so it was in the middle of the night, and I was following this person. And the moment I got in my car, I could tell she did not remember that I was following her. And she was just driving like crazy down the road, and I was behind her trying my best to keep up because I knew back then that if I had if I had lost her I would be in trouble that night. And I remember one time she, she as she was going to through a light, the light turned yellow. And I knew that she wasn't going to stop. And so I was there behind myself saying, she's not going to stop. She's not going to stop. And surely she did not stop. And by the time she got through, the light was red. And I knew there's no way I could stop and find my way again. And I just went through the red light. (laughs) (laughs) Following someone is difficult. It is hard. But today, I want to follow. I want to challenge us to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus in our passage today, we have Jesus had just finished his fasting, had just been tested by the devil, and now he's about to begin his ministry. <coughs> And as he's about to begin his earthly ministry, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. And it says in our text this morning, it says that while walking, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's pray. Eternal God, we want to give you thanks for your grace, O oh Lord. We want to thank you, O Lord, for your grace because it's because of your grace while we are able this morning to worship you. It's because of your grace, O Lord, while we have salvation. It's because of your grace while we are here in your house. It's because of your grace while we have your word. It's because of your grace, Lord, why we are able to know you. Lord, as we study your word this morning, I pray, O God, that your word Your holy word, O God, may have full effect in our lives, despite my failures, despite my shortcomings, despite me, O God. I pray, O Lord, that we will hear nothing but what you have for us this morning. Thank you, O God, for the privilege to be here in Hermantown. Thank you, God, for everyone that is here this morning. I pray, oh God, that you will work in our hearts with your word. In Christ's prayer Amen. Walking Amen. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, says that he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea. And the reason for this was because they were fishermen. They were doing what was expected of them. And this is back in those days, um, it was expected, it was a family business, it was expected for these men to continue the family trade. And so it was expected because they were with their father, they were going to continue this trade, and their kids were gonna continue this trade, and it is possible that their father also got the trade from his dad. And so this was a Of them, but Jesus, as he was walking by, he saw these two men. And there are no evidence in scripture to say that Jesus, that they knew who Jesus was, or that they had met him before. And this is what he said to them Follow me. And if you read further, it it will say that immediately after they heard this, they dropped everything and they went out after this man and going on down into the following verse it says that as he was going again he says and and going and going on from there he saw two other brothers James James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them and he called them immediately Thinking it's the same word that he used, immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Again, this was unusual because the father was expecting John and his brother to continue this trade. But this call that, that they received was different. It was not just a regular call to come, let's go play soccer, or come, let's go play basketball. This was a different call, and for that, they did exactly what the Lord commands. My question to us this morning is, are we following Jesus? Are we following Jesus? And you might say, well, yes, I am a Christian. That means I am following Jesus. Yes, I am going to church. That means I am following Jesus. Yes, I am teaching Sunday school. That means I'm following Jesus. Yes, I am praying on a regular basis. That means I'm following Jesus. I want to suggest that following Jesus goes beyond just being a Christian. Following Jesus goes beyond just just identifying with Christ. Jesus called them for a specific purpose. And this purpose that he called them for was to make them into a disciple was to make them into a disciple, and the word disciple literally means a learner. Someone who is learning, or in our modern modern language, it would simply mean someone who is an apprentice. So someone who is going somewhere or is learning from someone else. And that's exactly what Jesus was calling his deci- calling these men to do. And that is exactly what Jesus is calling us to do today. Not just to be a Christian. Actually, the word Christian was only men- mentioned three times in the Bible. It was never mentioned by Jesus himself. But the word disciple was mentioned over 200 times. And so Jesus is calling us not just to be Christians in name, but he is calling us to be an apprentice or a disciple of him. And so today I want to share with us, Three components of the call that Jesus uh, uh, um, uh, 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 gave to his disciples. The first component I want us to notice is the call to follow. The call to follow Jesus. The call is a consistent call that we see in our text. It says that as he was walking, he saw first... Two brothers, what was Peter and Andrew, and they were cast, they were casting their net. And Jesus says, Come and follow after me. Then going a few verses later, he saw James and John, and they were cast, they were mending their nets, and he said, Come and follow after me. In chapter 9, he saw he, he saw Matthew, who was a tax collector, and he said, Come and follow after it's a consistent call that we see throughout this text. And this call does not end. End with the twelve disciples. It does not end with the twelve disciples because Jesus He is calling people today to follow after him. And I am compelled to say this that the first call that we receive from Jesus is the call to salvation. It's the call to salvation. It is a call to give Him your life. It's a call to serve Him with your life. It's a call to ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. And so we see that His call is consistent. He is calling us to follow after Him. To be His apprentice. To learn His ways. To learn His word. To learn the way He does things. He is calling us to be His his apprentice. It is a consistent call that he is calling. It's, we also see the characteristics of the call. And so the characteristics of the call is that uh, to follow Christ sometimes, and I use the word sometimes, because it, it, it really always, the call of Jesus always requires Sacrifices. It always requires sacrifices because Jesus says, if any man comes following after me, what? He must first deny himself. He must first mortify the flesh. He must first put to death himself and follow after him. So it it always requires us to give something up. It always requires us to make a sacrifice if we are going to follow after Jesus. But sometimes, it, 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 following after Jesus requires going further than just mortifying the flesh. It goes farther, it requires us to give up our dreams sometimes. It requires us to give up our plans sometimes. It requires us to give up our family sometimes. It requires us to give up the most dear, the most precious things that we own sometimes. In following Jesus, Sometimes requires us to make sacrifices. Notice what the disciples were doing. They were doing what what came natural to them. Fishing. That was their job. That was what was expected of them. That was what was supposed to provide for their family. And it says that Jesus said, come follow after me. And I'm not sure if they understood exactly what Jesus was asking of them. But it says that immediately after they heard this call, they gave up what was most precious to them. What was most dear to their life? What was going to bring in the food for their family? What was going to sustain them? What was natural to them? They were willing to give up. And sometimes when Jesus calls us to follow after him, sometimes it requires us to give up what we hold dear to us. What is so precious to us. Sometimes it requires us to give up our jobs. Sometimes it requires us to give up our dreams. Sometimes it requires us to give up our homes. Sometimes it requires us to give up our customs, our culture, our language. Sometimes the call of God requires us to leave those things that we hold dear to us. Sometimes it requires us to let go of our kids. To go and serve the Lord in ministry. Sometimes it requires us to make sacrifices. To follow Christ sometimes requires us to leave. Notice the disciples, as they were there doing what was expected of them, said, come, and they left their father. They left their necks, and they went after him. Sometimes the Lord might call you to leave the beautiful country of the United States of America. Sometimes he may call it to go and serve in Mozambique. Sometimes he may call you to go and serve in Jamaica. Sometimes he may call you to go and serve in Pakistan, wherever it is. Sometimes following after Christ requires leaving. Whatever it was, the disciples did they didn't, they didn't, they did, not, they did not care about the sacrifice. They were willing to follow after him. What, what did Jesus say? Any man, come follow after me. If anyone desires to be my disciples, if anyone desires to be my apprentice, let him first deny himself. Let him first make a sacrifice. Make a sacrifice and come following after me. Is there anything in your life that is so hard for you to let go? Is there anything in your life that is above the call of God? The call sometimes is a the call is a consistent call. The call, the characteristics of the call, sometimes requires us to make sacrifices. Sometimes it requires us to leave. The second thing we see is the purpose of the call. The purpose of the call. Notice what Jesus said: "Come, follow after me, and I will make you." The purpose of this call is the Lord is going to do a work in their life. Come and follow after me and I am going to make you into a disciple. Not into a church member. Not into a a, a name to identify with as a Christian. I am going to make you into a disciple. I am going to make you one of my apprentices. I am going to make you one of my students. I want you to learn how to live like me. And so that was the call that Jesus gave. The purpose of the call. Jesus. You notice what, what, what's happening here though. Jesus says when he, when he called them, he said, I will make you. The making is not done by believers. And this should give us a relief because Jesus says, I am calling you and I am going to make you what I want you to be. You don't have to do it yourself. If you have trouble speaking, I will equip you. I will make you what what I want you to be. If you have trouble um, understanding, I will touch your mind. I will make you understand I am going to make you. The making is not up to us. The making is done by God himself. It is the Lord who is going to make us into what he wants us to be. Which tells us that it is a guaranteed result. It tells us that whatever God is intending to do, as long as we are willing to follow, it is a guaranteed result. See, so if God wants us to, be a, to, to want you to be a pastor, He will make you into, that, uh, into, into a pastor. If He wants you to be a Sunday school teacher, He will make you into that Sunday school teacher. If He wants you to be a youth leader, He will make you into that youth leader. It is not up to us. To make herself, The purpose of the call is to make us into his disciple. So we see he is the one who is doing the making. Not just that, but it is a guaranteed making. It is not maybe, if you follow me, if you follow me, maybe you will become a disciple. If you are smart enough, if you, have, if you are good with words, if you are well-educated, maybe you will, you will make it. No, it is I will make it. I am sure of this. If I put a call on your life, you will be, you will be successful. It will be done as my will. Oftentimes we get so caught up with the end result of the call that we forget that it's the Lord who is working in us Oftentimes, we are so quick to identify our weaknesses Lord I don't think I can share the gospel like that person Lord I don't think I can communicate like that I don't think I can stand before people and speak I don't think I am, I am capable of communicating your truth like the next person But that's not what God is calling us to do. Oftentimes we get jealous because we see other people who are able. some Joel Troster in Mozambique. He's a a fantastic guy. Joel can make conversations with anyone. Doesn't matter who who you are. Doesn't matter if he knows you well. He will just walk up to you and make a conversation in no time. I'm not like that. (laughs) But the Lord is not calling me To imitate Joel. The Lord did not promise me that he will make me into Joel. I like your pastor. Uh, uh, Last night, I was so encouraged. I was sitting there the whole time last night and said, Lord, your hands are really on this man. Uh, He was just sharing stories how the Lord is working in his life and with the kids at the school. And I'm thinking, man, this man is accomplishing great things for the Lord. But God did not call me to be Pastor Brian. The Lord said that He will he is, he is guaranteeing that He will make me into what He wants me to be. So His making, His making is sure. Not only we see that the Lord the purpose, but the Lord we see also the result of this call. The result of this call is to make us into fishermen. So, the disciples who were fishermen, the Lord says, I'm, I'm calling you now, and I want you to be not fishermen anymore, but I want you to be fishers of men. And I'm not sure if they understood exactly what the Lord meant, but they were excited enough to leave fishing for fish and to go fish for men. And I'm sure they didn't have in mind thinking, well, you know what? Maybe we are going to need bigger nets because men are big. (laughs) (laughs) He said that they dropped their nets and they followed after him. But it is also applicable because it was right up their profession. They understood the concept of fishing for fish. They understood exactly what, it, what God was talking about when he said, I want to make you into fishers of men. And so what was it about fishing that the Lord was saying to them? There are a couple of things that I, I, I want to point out when it comes to fishing. And I'm no fisherman, by the way. I am not very good at fishing. In fact, I've only been fishing three times in my life. The very first time I went fishing, um, we, we went to this Resort that has small ponds and they loaded the thing with fish and I spent the whole day trying to catch one fish and I was unsuccessful because I didn't know how to fish. I would throw it in, take it back out, throw it in, take it back out. I got one fish that day and the only reason for this was because someone left their line in the water. They went away. They were gone for the day and I saw the line. Something was tugging on it. I pulled it out. That was my fish for the day. (laughs) So, I am no fisherman by, by, by any means. But there are some principles in fishing that we can learn when it comes on to being fishers of men. What Jesus was saying to them is that, I wanted to be fishers of men. And when, we, when, when, a, fisher, when, when a fisherman is going fishing, fishing takes patience. Fishing takes patience doesn't just happen overnight you don't just go on the water and all the fish are jumping into your into your boat that does not happen by the way pastor shared a story with us that while he was in puerto, um, puerto rico um, they saw a fish that just leaped out of the water right over their boat and i mean that that would have been pretty cool but fish don't don't just jump into your boat sometimes it takes hours on the water when you are fishing The same thing with being a fisher of men. It would be a wonderful thing if every time we share the gospel, people get saved. It would be a wonderful thing that if every time we open God's word and share the gospel, people would get saved. It would be great if people were knocking on the door to get in to hear the gospel. That is not the case. Fishing takes time. Fishing for men takes time. Not only does it take time, but it takes preparation. It takes preparation when we are fishing for men. It takes knowing God's word, studying God's word, understanding God's word, and being able to communicate God's word. Fishing takes time, it takes preparation. Now, if you show up at the, uh, at the at the lake, the great state of, of, of Minnesota, land of ten thousand lakes, um, in 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 Iowa, we probably just think about ponds. But if you show up at the lake with just your hands, with nothing to catch to catch to, to get the fish with, no worms, no hook, no lines, no net, nothing at all you'll probably go home empty-handed. It's almost guaranteed, except for that one lucky day, one fish might jump into your hands. <laughs> but that, that is unusual. It's the same idea when we are fishing for men. It takes preparation. You have to prepare yourself. Preparation such as Prayer. Whenever we believe that we can communicate God's word without God without prayer, we're saying, Lord, I can do it by myself. Lord, I can do it. I don't need your help. I can communicate your word all by myself. I have been taught in school. I have been taught in church. and I have it under control. Praying is vital. It's very important in sharing the gospel. Preparation, reading God's word, knowing God's word. I remember when I was just a, I just gotten saved, I was so on fire for the Lord. And I remember every Saturday, we would do soul winning. That's what we called it, the program, soul winning. And we would go out in the communities and we would share God's word. And I remember meeting this one man and I said, you know, sir, I have trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And if you do the same, you will never have problems in your life again. He laughed at me. (laughs) I did not know God's Word. Sharing God's Word, we need to study God's Word. Preparation means reading God's Word, memorizing God's Word. We ought to be prepared. Finally, fishing takes practice. Fishing takes practice. Now, this was perfect for, for, for Peter and, uh, and Andrew, for J- James and John. This was, this was their, their, their line of work, and they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. If I ask the question today, why don't more Christians share the gospel? You will hear answers like, I don't know how to do it. I am not confident enough in God's word to share the gospel. But in sharing Christ, just like in becoming a professional basketball player or any athlete, just as how it requires practicing, so does it require to practice when you're sharing God's word. We must be sharing God's word on a regular basis to become better at sharing God's word. It must become a part of our lives. Like I said, Joel, he's, he's also very good at this. There is no one scary enough for him not to share the gospel with. In Mozambique, he runs all over town sharing the gospel because that is who he is. Jesus has called us not to be Christians. Yes, I am a Christian and I identify as a Christian sometimes that word gets lost on what a follower of Christ is what Jesus has called us to be is a disciple an apprentice of him Jesus is calling us to follow him are you following Christ today have you made sacrifices in your life to follow him Are you going where he wants you to be? Have you said, Lord, I'm willing to go today? Church, we all have been called to be a disciple. Will you follow Christ this morning? Let's pray. Dear God, we are so thankful. Thankful for your word, oh Lord. Lord, we know it's not easy to follow after you sometimes. Because, Lord, sometimes what you have called us to do requires sweat and blood. Sometimes it requires us, oh Lord, to leave comfort, to leave familiarity, O Lord, and to follow you. But, Lord, we know that there is no better place to be than to be centered in your will. Lord, there is no safer place to be than to be centered in your will. Lord, there is no more fulfilling place to be than to be centered in your will. Lord, if there is one here today who do not know you as Lord and Savior, pray, O God, that that person will know that you died for their sins so that they would not have to pay the debt penalty. Lord, that you were raised from the dead, that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, if there is one here this morning who is not following you, O oh God, I pray, Lord, that today will be the day when they surrender their lives to follow after you and to follow your plans for their life. Thank you, O God, for your word. Thank you for this church, for their impact in this community. For us in Christ, we pray and ask. Amen.
1: All right, amen. Thank you pastor. So we have some many things to think about, right?